Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I've got three men on the podcast with me. Guys, want to introduce yourselves. Kevin Kenora, biblical counselor. Sam Schmidt, pastor over at Sacred City Moline. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. We are continuing our podcast in the kingdom of the cults. We're going to be talking tonight or this afternoon about Christian science. Christian science. All right. What could be wrong about Christian science? That sounds like two good things. Put them together. Maybe they become something not so good. Kevin, you want to tell us a little bit about the history of this movement called Christian Science? Yeah, it's uh, it seems seems a little bit like an oxymoron, really, when you get into it. But it was founded around 1821. Uh, this lady, Marianne Morse Baker, who affectionately became known as Mother among the leading Christian Science adherents. Um, there's a long history there, but uh, she she not only took their major text, um, I think it's called Science and Health, but she actually plagiarized it from another guy, um, denied it for a long time, but eventually got caught. Um, and so this, this movement, it was part of a, a collection of movements, um, and really they, they tried to, to pose themselves as kind of the, the benevolent, harmless um, sect of, they'd say, Christianity. And so they, they kind of rose to prominent, prominence around, you know, 1821. They held a significant um, position in, in culture in the U.S. until about the 1960s when it came to light. They were, there was a lot of financial scandal, um, spiritual scandal, moral scandal. I think that was around the 1970s. <clears throat> and so they, they lost a lot of membership. Then they managed to kind of um, revamp themselves in some ways to, to recast themselves as more... Um, thoughtful, intellectual, um, they, they'd say denomination that offers peace and, and just, just thoughtfulness. So basically the image that they started projecting from 1980s onward is they're just kind of a, hey, you let us do our thing, we'll let you do, our, do your thing. So they're, they're really steeped in, in kind of the postmodern um, movement. Mm. But as we're looking at Christian science, as a cult, it's neither particularly Christian or particularly scientific. Um, so it, it really, I, I was thinking about it when I was prepping for this, you know, those movies, documentaries that say, hey, this is based on true events, but really all they do is, you know, completely rewrite the script and, and add a couple of familiar names. So that's that's kind of what they do. Um, so in, in looking at scripture, they believe that scripture is filled with hundreds, if not thousands of errors that prove that man is corrupt and that um, any religion, obviously, other than themselves, is completely unreliable. Mm. So we'll start there. Thoughts? Well, historically, I know that this woman, um, Mary Baker Eddy, she, her and like two dozen of her followers were granted charter by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in 1879 to found, quote, the Church of Science Mm. or, or Church of Christ Scientist. So you have like scientist in parentheses. So I've seen these churches around and they're usually like church of Christ, comma, scientist, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or just Christian science, right? So it, it's kind of weird what it is that they believe, but they are a non-Christian sect or non-Christian cult. And they claim 
to have no doctrines. Mm -hmm. They only have six tenets, okay? No doctrines, but six tenets. And this is this one is like, I feel like, in the little bit of study I've done on Christian science, it feels like I'm trying to nail Jello to a wall. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Were you? Yes, I was just going to say Jello and a nail. Yeah, because they say things like, we take the inspired word of the Bible as our a sufficient guide to to eternal life, mm -hmm. mm. but then they say, Scripture's corrupt mm -hmm. and you can't trust all of it, and you can only trust the other two books that we've or the the book the what's it called Science and Life or something like that, and then they're, of course they started a newsletter, yeah, publications, publications. So you you know you got to look to these things to really understand the Bible, right? But then you start getting into her writing. I, now that's the first thing I heard. I, first time I heard about the plagiarism, mm -hmm. you start getting in her writing, and she counters these beliefs all the time. Mm -hmm. um, they they believe in one supreme and infinite God. They say that they acknowledge His Son, one Christ, but then they say that Christ. They, they say Christ wasn't always with one with God. They don't believe in the Trinity. Right. They reject the Trinity. That Christ that Jesus became Christ uh -huh. by, I'm going to be facetious, um, facetious here, by finding the little Christ deep down inside and then fully realizing his potential yeah. and, and becoming a Christ. And everybody else, guess what? You all can find that little Christ in you too. Sound and familiar? And everybody can become little Christs. And then they reject the Holy Spirit. They believe the Holy Spirit is kind of like a force out there. Um, and so they reject the Trinity right away. So... Many of these, many cults, you can stop right there. If they reject the Trinity, mm -hmm. then they reject scripture yeah. and you need to get out of that church, get out of that movement yep. and ignore what they have to say. Right. Because our entire salvation rises and falls on the reality of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. yeah. That the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, three in one, mm -hmm. right? Um, we can't be saved without that. Right. Because the Father plans it all and sends the Son. The Son obeys perfectly in our place, takes the wrath that we deserve. Only the Son of God can actually absolve the wrath because he's sinless. And then the Holy Spirit applies that salvation to every single believer. Mm -hmm. And so without the Father and without the Son and without the Spirit being three in one, we're not saved. Yeah. So immediately, I mean, we could just stop the podcast right there and <laughs> just be done. But I'm sure we got more. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I think one of their most famous beliefs is they believe sin, sickness, and death are all illusions, right? And so if you ever see a TV show where, where there's a religious cult that's denying sickness and denying medical treatment and, and just saying, oh, well, well, you know, that's not real, then they're, they're kind of riffing off of Christian science. Um, so when you look at it, it's kind of, um, it is pantheism. They believe that all things are God. Right, so material reality doesn't exist. There's only God, and that we are subsets of God. And so, there's no sin. There's no matter. Everything you live in is just an illusion. Sickness, pain, and death are states of the mind. Oh, it's mm. the Matrix. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Except there's no. Yeah. yeah, it's basically the Matrix. So it's it's nihilistic, right? Everything's an illusion. Nothing matters. Um, I've always actually kind of wondered if Christian scientists lock their doors because if there's no 
if it's all an illusion, then there's really no point in, in protecting your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to get into, I, I pulled a few quotes from their text, but like you said, I believe Jesus was plain old regular, ordinary human being who transcended to the Christ. And so their their ultimate goal of reality is you too can become Christ. You too can transcend past your mortal bonds and, and basically realize your godhood and be sucked up into the godness, I guess, would be. This seems like Eastern, you know, or like similar to Buddhism or something, that you can become one with the divine, mm-hmm. you know, the divine essence behind all things. Mm-hmm. And Buddhism teaches that the world isn't real, mm-hmm. right? That the, the spiritual is what's real. Mm-hmm. And that you can, you know, if you, well, that, I'm not, I won't get into Buddhism, but that's, it's a bizarre, it's just a bizarre teaching. Yeah. And that's a part of the network of beliefs that's going on in the 19th century with the, the spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that actually, there's a lot of common threads here between Mormonism, Joseph Smith, came from the same region that Mary Baker Eddy came from a little bit earlier. Um, even when you get into some of the medical practice, you talk about Jehovah's Witness and they don't take blood transfusions and Christian science, they deny any other healthcare or medicine. Um, it all has to do with this, this spiritualism, tapping into the occult of these these powers that are out there that we can tap into and, and that gives us some sort of transcendence. Let me, let me give them some props though. I got to give them some props here (laughs) because they are the reason that we have religious medical Medical exemptions exemptions. in the United States. Hmm. So because they didn't believe in, I mean, this was bad. Someone basically didn't give their kid penicillin or something. Their kid got sick and and didn't give them penicillin. And then they were tried for murder and she got convicted. And then they came back with this, religious exemption clause like four years later and Mm. overturned it and that's why many states that's literally the first case where many states begin to give religious exemptions for things like vaccines and and medical medical treatments and and stuff like that Mm. so yeah i gotta give gotta give them a little bit gotta give a little bit of shout out there but yeah so it is it is an interesting combination between kind of eastern religion new age thought and the, the prosperity gospel, really, the name it and claim it. Um, so when we talk about their doctrine of Jesus, they'd say, ordinary human being who as an adult manifested his destiny and became the Christ. And so then set the pattern for us to do the same. Um, I've even heard a, I found this quote from one of Mary Baker Eddy's publications where she says that Christian science could be, could exist without Jesus in the equation. Mm -hmm. She says, I do not find my authority for Christian science and history, but in revelation, if there had never existed such a person as a Galilean prophet, Mm -hmm. it would make no difference to me. So she's saying, I mean, we could do this without, without Jesus if we needed to. So Mm -hmm. any Christianity that claims that it's just, it's not Christianity at all. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says specifically, if, Christ didn't die and he wasn't resurrected, then you're still, still in your in sins. Your sin. yeah. You're still in your sins. So now there is there there is a difference. There is a difference here, and I'm going to, because I don't know too much about this, so there's a difference between Christian science and Scientology. Yes. Those are two separate things. Yep. Okay. 
And Scientology is more bizarre if you can <laughs> Well, I know that Tom Cruise is that. Yeah. And uh, so I've heard a few things, but maybe we'll get into that in another podcast. Mm. Yeah, so the Christian science, they believe basically these two books, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, mm-hmm. and then this, you know, they had a weekly newspaper basically and that's how they got popular now just to let everybody know this thing is like christian science is like dying it is like almost a dead cult well one of the things that makes them a little bit different than some of the other cults that we've talked about so far is they don't have an evangelism strategy they're not going door to door and knocking and trying to recruit people sharing their their beliefs they they post up shop at this kind of a it's like a storefront. They call it a reading room where they have like a library. You can come in and peruse what they have. And then they have worship services and educational stuff. But they, they very much are expecting people to come to them first rather than the other cults are going out and trying to get mm. recruits. Yeah. yeah. So the Christian Science Monitor, that's the uh, the manual of the mother church. That's, the, that's what they read at the reading room and all this kind of stuff, <clears throat> which is... Uh, Pretty crazy. And they, I didn't know this, but the Christian Science Monitor, had, it was founded by Eddie in 1908, and it has won seven Pulitzer Prizes. Really? It's wild. Man. Right? So that, so obviously, its heyday was in the early 1900s. Yeah. Right? It's kind of, for the most part, dying out right now. What would, it, go ahead. But what, would, um, what would make people actually flock to this? I mean, because they're not going door to door. I mean, what, what what would make people go to them? Well, they their their growth strategy relies heavily on on generational entrapment. So, mm. a lot of people are born into it and they stay into it. And obviously, have multiple kids, and that that's their primary method. And and just for those people who are seeking some sort of spiritual guidance of some sort and are, are like looking to see what out what's what is all out there yeah they they kind of find their the name christians in it so it can't be that bad and in science it seems like science is a helpful thing to have in the equation and so that, well it's gonna be so bad about that and mm. turns yeah. out it's a trap well and they're they're focused on what what they called spiritual healing mm. Mm. and her concept of spiritual healing it wasn't miraculous but it was an effect of understanding God's all power and love. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the whole idea is whatever it is that you're going through, you can be healed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's, it's one sense you can heal yourself. Yeah. You can heal yourself through these readings and through, you know, these spiritual, whatever they are, you know, experiences and you can find healing. So Sheesh. we know we're spiritually broken. We know we have been sinned against. We know we have wounds. And so, in one sense, the attraction to this is the attraction of all cults. We have the answer. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you, mm. and we have the answer. And you are more powerful than you even know. You are more beautiful than you even know. You can heal yourself. You can you know, manifest yourself. You can do all of this kind of mm. stuff, right? Wow. But it's also interesting just to look at its fruit like what has christian science done for the world Mm. the answer is basically nothing Nothing. why because the world isn't real Mm -hmm. they don't believe the world is real yeah 
So why would they do anything for this world, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a selfish cult that's mm-hmm. focused on individual people finding their own personal healing, mm-hmm. you know? But it's not about alleviating the poor. Why? Because that's not real. Poverty is not real. Yeah, that's a figment of your imagination. Yeah. Injustice, not real. Mm-hmm. Racism, not real. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Go on down the line. And a byproduct of that is it, it just creates a, a, a generally compassionless infrastructure where, like the prosperity gospel, if you're not healed, it's because you don't have enough faith. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if you, if you didn't find health, it's because you're not thinking the right things. Mm-hmm. And, and they sit there and they wait. Um, and so, like you mentioned earlier, the, the mother who didn't give her kid a penicillin shot, there's all kinds of examples of you know, parents who I believe probably love their children but were indoctrinated in the system to, to refuse medical intervention mm-hmm. where there's real suffering that could easily be alleviated by these really accessible means of grace that God gives us, the antibiotics and things of that nature, that they just refuse to utilize because they say, well, you got to, you know, you just got to think the right things and it'll go away. Which is why Kevin said they're not very scientific. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Know, like, which is kind of weird. If science is in your name, you'd think, you know, you'd be uh, all for advancement yeah, in science. Yeah, it makes you wonder why they landed on that in the first place. Like, what, why would that, why'd you tie your name to that? Yeah. Like, I think the science, what they had in mind, what she had in mind was more um, thoughtful inquiry, trying to gain knowledge. Okay. Where their, their telos is gaining sufficient knowledge about the mind of God so that you can transcend yourself. So it's, it's yeah. tied to reality. And just to clarify, this shouldn't be a surprise. They have updated their beliefs. And spiritual healing is the core teaching of Christian science. Yet, while Christian scientists are discouraged from using medicine or seeking health care from a doctor, it is not necessarily forbidden Mm -hmm. by the religion. The official position of the sect is that it is a matter of individual conscience. (laughs) So, this is what they're... Teaching says, for more than a century, our denomination has counseled respect for public health authorities and conscientious obedience to the laws of the land, including those requiring vaccination. Christian scientists report suspected communicable disease, obey quarantines, and strive to cooperate with measures considered necessary by public health officials. We see this as a matter of basic golden rule ethics and New Testament love. Mm-hmm. That come out around about... 2020? It probably did. It probably probably came out around about 2020. One thing that I've heard in stories of people who have come out of Christian science, too, is like they talk about, you know, the compassionless environment. And I don't think it's like totally compassionless. I think that there's a genuine care for the people. But but there's also this other aspect of a profound sense of guilt that gets placed upon people. There was an example of uh, an earthquake that happened in San Francisco. Uh, in the early 1900s, and Mary Baker Eddy wrote that if if we would have been doing the right things, talking to Christian Science people, that wouldn't have happened. If we would have, if we would have been doing what we should have been doing and thinking the right thoughts, that never would have come to be. And so this guy um, that I listened to an interview with at one point, he's saying that for so long he he personally felt an incredible guilt for the 9/11 terrorist attacks, uh, like that same idea that if right thinking could have prevented bad things from happening. And so it just Mm. heaps this guilt upon people that if we would have done our part, if we would have followed through, if we would have thought the right things, then bad things would have happened, wouldn't have happened. And it's just simply not the case because we see Jesus who, who 
only thought of good things. He always had his mindset on the Father and his will, and the worst thing ever happened to him. Yeah. Newsflash, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun or a bomb is a good guy with a gun, mm-hmm. right? Or a good guy that gets in front of you. Not positive. Can you imagine? Just, I'm going to think thoughts right now, and I'm going to stop this from happening. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. Me, it doesn't matter because it's not real. It's not real. Wow. It's not real. Oh, man. Well, this is weird. Yeah, it is weird. So I want to touch on, I'm going to make it a little weirder, some of their teachings. Good. That's what I needed on my Thursday afternoon. Well, Kevin, make it, make it weird, buddy. Well, we're talking about cults, so it can't be too normal. So when talking about atonement um, from their, their science and health, um, it says, The material blood of Jesus was no more efficacious to cleanse from sin when it was shed upon, quote, the accursed tree, than when it was flowing through his, Jesus' veins, as he went about his father's business. Mm. What do you think of that? I think she found out. I think she found out <laughs> upon her death. Yeah. Whether Jesus's blood is efficacious or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's not applied to you in a very real and spiritual sense, upon your death, you will find out that your good thoughts will not save you. Yeah. yeah. And they will not heal you. Yeah. Right. Before the very real wrath of God. Yeah. And so that infuriates me. Yep, I you think know? it would. I have one more for you. Oh, good. Look at him. He's triggering He's me over there. right now. He's no. triggering me, well, dude. Hey, before you jump He's to that. He's triggering me. When we talk about the material, immaterial, or the spiritual and physical, I think one of the things that's helpful for us to, as Christians to keep in mind is that right now, at the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. is a glorified human body. Yep. Like Jesus is still possessing of his human flesh, mm-hmm. resurrected, first, firstborn of the dead. Yeah. And so our Savior did not put off the physical body to graduate to a spiritual reality or, or put that away in some sort of, a, oh, it's a metaphorical or was it, it's a, um, an, a not real thing. It's very much a real thing. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that as Christians we can go back to. It's like our Savior yeah. is in the flesh. Yeah. Which Jesus has now, Corinthians tells us, a spiritual body. But you hear that, spiritual body. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not less than the physical. Right. It's more than. Yeah. Okay? So there is, re- I, I believe there's still blood running through his veins mm-hmm. right now. That's mm-hmm. a physical reality in heaven. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to get. We get new bodies. Mm-hmm. And so that it's a spiritual reality, but it's a spiritual body. Think about those two words put together. We think of spirit, you don't have a body. No, we get a spiritual body. Okay, what do you got for me now? Trigger away, bud. We're talking on the atonement. Um, So it says, the real atonement, so infinitely beyond the heathen conception that God requires human blood to propitiate his justice and bring his mercy needs to be understood. I don't even know what that means. The heathen concept. I, I, know, I know that is meant to trigger me, but keep <laughs> read that again. The real atonement, so infinitely beyond the heathen conception that God requires human blood to propitiate his justice and bring his mercy, needs to be understood. She's in sci-fi world right there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, th- I, yeah, I, I literally can't even comment. I can't even comment on that. Um, yeah, the heathen. Well, God revealed Himself to us, yeah. and 
God himself said, said those words. So the heathen concept, well, I don't even know what she's saying. I feel like, is that, do you have the full context of that quote? She's or do just, you have that? She's taking a dig. She's saying that. I know, I know it's a dig, but she's saying it needs to be understood. Yeah, you need to understand that the that atonement. That is bigger than, she's like, there's a, a greater expanse to this. or It's, I, it's bigger than yeah. just blood. It's bigger than blood. Yeah. I don't know. Bigger than sacrifice. I mean, I don't know what she's trying to say it is, but she's just saying, yeah. you think you know, Yeah, it's just. but you don't. Yeah, it's kind of like an ad hominem attack. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Blood. That's so heathen. Mm-hmm. That's so backwoods. Barbaric. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well. <clears throat> Christian science. <laughs> Christian science. Okay. All right. Guys, listen, we're doing this because you're asking us to do this, okay? <laughs> I, I got to be honest, the Christian science was not on my radar this week. But um, hopefully you have found this insightful or helpful in some way. I don't think I've ever ran into um, a Christian scientist that I know of. Well, I hate to say it like that because I know scientists who are Christians, but not a practice or practitioner of Christian science. Um, but it appeals again to, this is kind of one thing. Most of these cults share, share common characteristics. Mm-hmm. This world isn't real. There's a spirit, you know, like I mentioned the matrix, like that's, people believe that. People really believe that everything that we see isn't real. Yep. And so there's a lot of common characteristics and Christianity is just so much better, man. Mm-hmm. It says this world is very real and yet this world is imperfect mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ bled to redeem this world yeah. and he's sitting in heaven waiting for this great commission to be fulfilled and he's coming back and he's remaking this world to be glorious, uniting it with heaven and earth and he's going to give us new spiritual bodies and we're going to live with him together on this real earth. Pray and so we thank, you for, we thank him for his blood that makes it all possible. So hopefully, again, this was helpful. If you guys have any questions, please don't ask me about Christian science. Uh, oh, yeah, you can email Kevin <laughs> at sacredcitychurch.com. Uh, any other questions, you can talk to me at Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com or Sam at sacredcitychurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And hopefully this helped you. We're praying for you. We love you. God bless. God bless.